we want to sing for the rest of eternity. We want to worship you for the rest of eternity. We want to exalt you for the rest of eternity. This morning, we thank you for the privilege and the honor we have in approaching your throne of grace without any protocol, without any formalities, because of the work of Christ on the cross. Without him, we can do nothing. With him, all things are possible. We acknowledge this, Lord. And that's why we are thanking you. Send forth your word this morning. And your, let your word accomplish a purpose. Like the rain comes to water the earth. And causes it to bow. Lord, let your word come like the rain. Let your word be like hammer. Let it break every hardened heart. Let it break every hardened situation. Let your word be like, like a milk, like milk, like milk, like milk. Let your word feed the hungry. Let your word feed the hungry soul. Like water, let your word wash, wash us pure today. You sent forth your word and your word brought healing. Let your word bring healing today. Let your word bring healing. Let your word heal our bodies. Let your word heal our marriages and our finances and our entire lives, Lord. We give you glory. Your servant, I, I, I humble myself before you and I ask that you speak through me. You touch through me and you transform lives through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so tonight, tonight at 5 p.m., I'm serving communion and I'm anointing your head with oil. So don't miss it at all. Our Friday all night was, was amazing. Amen. Give the Lord praise if you are there all night. Amen. And uh, so tonight, I am anointing the sick. I am anointing your head. I am anointing your ears to hear from the Lord. Tonight, I am just doing anointing. So be here with me and let's, let's, let's pray. And let's be at 5 p.m. There will be seven communion, so don't miss at all. And then the whole of the week, I am preaching. Last week, when the fasting started, the pastors led the prayer. This week, I'm leading all the prayers. And it's our week of revival. And tomorrow, for instance, I'm talking on, can these bones live again? The revival of the dry bones. The revival of the dry bones. And, and we are entering into every valley where you have a dry bone. And God is going to let your dry bones live again. Amen. Your dry bones are going to live again. Anything that is dried in your life, tomorrow evening I'm going to be here. The whole of the week, Pastor Tito Fair will be hosting the morning devotion online. When you go to Bishop Gideon Tito Fair, you will find Pastor Tito Fair there. 5 to 6 a.m., the man of God is leading some powerful prayers. I was leading and one day I was going to do something early morning and then I asked him to come and st stand in for me and I was watching him from where I was doing some few things and the guy was leading the prayer better than myself. I think for the two of us more anointed. So, so I've left the morning devotion for him and he'll be leading it this dawn. It's going to be amazing. So 5 a.m. join him 
for the morning devotion. But every evening, you have me here with you from Monday. From Wednesday, I'm camping over 450 young pastors in a program dubbed camp, uh, lockdown. Now, lockdown, three days of no phones, three days of no social media, three days of no friends, but three days with Jesus alone. And you are going to love it. It's starting from Wednesday. Arrival is Friday, Tuesday evening. I'm providing free accommodation at a crowd business school. So join this. If you want to be part of this, you want to spend three days praying and fasting, come and join this. Just praying and fasting. 5 a.m. is devotion. 7 a.m. I'm there preaching. And I'm holding three services every day. Then in the evening, we meet here with the pastors who are joining for the prayer. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be something else. It's going to be an amazing time in the Lord's presence. And I want you to join us. Your life will not remain the same. I know what I'm talking about. Your life will not remain the same. It's for pastors and anybody who wants to have an encounter with God. Just come in there and join in this prayer. Just pray. You wake up in the morning. All you do is to pray. Amen. And, and Wednesday morning, in the first session, I'm talking on the abiding anointing. The abiding anointing. How to be permanently anointed. How to become the Lord's anointed. How to walk under oil. And it's going to be an amazing time. So join and your life will not be the same. I will speak on the qualification of the abiding anointing. The characteristics of of the abiding anointing, the benefits of the abiding anointing. Your life will not be the same, and I can assure you. So join us. But today, let me focus on what I'm going to teach. We have been doing in this January, and it's going to go to up to, I think up to April. I'm going to do this series up to April. Our theme for this year is looking onto Jesus. I believe that Jesus should be the central focus of every church and this year our team is looking onto Jesus so I'm spending the first quarter or the first four months of this year teaching on doing the Jesus summit and the Jesus summit we are trying to answer the question who is Jesus who is Jesus and the best way to answer this question is to look at who Jesus says he is who Jesus says he is and we are focusing on the seven I am's of Jesus. In John 6:35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In John 8:12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In John 10:7, Jesus said, I am the gate for the sheep. In John 10:11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In John 11:25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14:6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. In John 15.1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. So the last three Sundays, we are looking at this subject, I am the true vine. What does it mean? And what is your connection to the true vine? Mommy and I will be away for six weeks. We'll be visiting our European churches. And we'll be away for six weeks from February. And so in February, February is our family life series. And in February, Ebo White will be here. And then Dr. Mills will be here to speak with you and to share with you and your life will not be the same and then when I return back when I come back in the middle of March 
I'll be speaking to you on Jesus says, I am the way. And I'm going to share with you how to find direction and purpose in Christ. How to find direction and purpose in Christ. But allow me this morning to continue with a series on I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I started by trying to establish that the real you is the fruit that you bear. So Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. Last week, I did the second part and was titled, How to Remain in Christ. Because throughout the series, we have established that Jesus said, he is the true vine and you are the branches. And that if you remain in him, you will bear fruit. So last week, I spoke to you on how to remain in Christ. And quickly, let me recap what I shared with you last week. How to remain in Christ. Number one, I said you need rock-solid foundation. Rock-solid foundation. So that you can restart, you can withstand every temptation and every attack on your Christian life. Nothing should be able to separate you from Christ. And I established that to be able to have rock-solid foundation, the Bible says that he that hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rains came, the wind blew, and it still stood. The reason why I have been born again for 40 years this year. No, this year will be 41 years. I've had a consistent Christian life. Because I'm a practical Christian. I am not a hearer of the word. I am a top level doer of the word by the grace of God. I also said last week that to be able to remain in Christ, you have to examine yourself. You have to consistently see whether you are still in the faith. Whether you are still in the faith. Put yourself under the microscope through God's word. His word is a mirror. You have to judge yourself based on God's word. I also said that to be able to remain in Christ, mind your own business. When you come to a church like this, the church is not make up, made up of saints. It's made up of sinners who want to, to be like Jesus. So if you come to church, look at people's behavior. And this person is a church leader, look at his behavior. And this person, I even know a pastor who beats his wife. And I even know this, who does this. You are not a police officer. You are not a kingdom police officer. Focus on Jesus. Mind your own business. Build your Christian life. You are, you, you are all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. On the judgment day, on the judgment day, I'll be minding my own business. I'm not going to say to the Lord, Father, I pastored this guy. What about if whilst I was pastoring you, you were misbehaving? And the Lord said, oh, you pastored him. And he's not going to make heaven, so you are, you are going with him. I'm not going to do that. Even on the judgment day, whilst you are in the queue, when you call me bishop, I'll be very angry. I'll say, I know you not. Collect me not by my title in the presence of the Lord. No, no, no. Collect me not by my title. So mind your own business. Love everybody, but mind your own business. And then I said to remain in Christ, you have to anticipate attacks. You have to anticipate attacks. The devil can attack you anytime. And I showed you signs that the devil is about to attack you. The seven signs that you are about to be attacked. And then I also shared with you that you, you have to interrogate the sermons you hear. You have to interrogate the sermons you hear. When I preach to you, you have to use the Bible to judge my sermon. To judge my sermon. You don't have to accept anything I'm preaching here. 
You don't have to. You only have to make sure that whatever I am preaching has three E's. It should exalt Jesus. It should evangelize the lost. And it should edify the saved. Judge my sermons. And judge my lifestyle with my sermons. Scrutinize my sermons. Are you here with me? I am not afraid at all. I'm not afraid to teach you these things. Because I know that I'm a born-again pastor. I know it. That I'm a born-again pastor. First and foremost, I am a good Christian. You have to be a good Christian to be able to become a good pastor. You have to be a good Christian to be able to become a good husband. You are a Christian first before anything. You have to be a good Christian first before you can become a good employee. So I shared this with you. And then, finally, I said last week, never give up on your faith. Romans 8.35 said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword or, or danger? Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. So don't let papaya separate you from the love of Christ. A man buys you papaya and sleeps with you. Don't let iPhone, iPhone 14, hey, separate you from the love of Christ. No, no. Don't let a Samson, a Samson, or a Delilah separate you from the love of Christ. You heard my sermon, you heard my sermon on Samson and Delilah. When, when a slave queen meets a playboy. You heard that sermon? I think, I think maybe the first, the first, the first Sunday in February, I'll be here. Maybe I'll teach that one before, before I travel. I'll teach it. Samson and Delilah. Yeah, yeah. They are, they are women who are married, but they are still slave queens. They are, they, see, when you are a slave queen, when you are single, you are a slave queen. When you don't change and you marry, you become a slave queen. Eh, a slave queen. But when you change and you marry, you become a slave queen. <laughs> and then when you are a playboy and you don't, you don't change and you marry, you become a playboy. P-R-E-Y. A playboy. But when you change, you become a playboy. Where you pray and you fast. So next Sunday, uh, no, first Sunday in February, I'll be teaching that. Samson and Delilah. And I know all the Delilahs will not come to church on that day. All the Samsons will not come to church on that day. Because it's going to be a chukin chukin sermon. Okay, today let me, let me, let me preach. Let me preach a non chukin chukin sermon. Let me preach a waterbed sermon. Okay. But I hope, I hope it's going to be a waterbed sermon. So I am the true vine, unraveling the secrets of fruitfulness in Christ, part, part three. And today I am talking on the branch that does not bear fruit. The branch that does not bear fruit. The branch that does not bear fruit. If the Bible you have is your own Bible, if you did not download it free on your phone, but you paid for it, because you don't want anything free, you want to pay for when it comes to Christ, you will find John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 10. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Wow. What every branch that bears, that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Next week I'll talk about the branch that bears fruit. 
You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my father's, this is to my father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So the evidence of being a disciple is fruit, fruit bearing. And next week I'll show you, I'll show you the five types of fruits that every true disciple bears in Christ. Next week, I'll show you. So don't miss next week's service. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in, in my love. So if you keep my commands, you, re, you remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So next Sunday, I'll show you how to bear fruit. And I'll show you that the whole key about bearing fruit is remaining in the love of Christ. But today, let me show you why and how some Christians do not bear fruit. And what are these fruits? What is a fruit when Jesus said you should bear fruit? What was he referring to? Now, I want you to know that the Christian life is an evidence-based life. The Christian life is an evidence-based life. When I meet you and you say you, you, you are a Nigerian, at one point, I want to see a passport. You must show evidence. When you say you are a Ghanaian, you must show evidence that you are. Life is about evidence. Okay? Life is about evidence. If you come to me and you say that you... You have a PhD, so you want to lecture at a craft business school. The first thing I ask you to do is to send me your CV and the evidence of the PhD. Send me the certificate. You cannot tell me like some politicians um, say. I remember a politician in Ghana went to Vorbeten. They had been appointed a minister and went for Vorbeten. And when he was asked about his certificate, you have, you have written that you went to some schools. So they ask you, where is evidence of your certificate? He said it had been bent. He said it was missing. It got bent. In, his house got bent. So then they got, also got bent. So okay, they go to the school and collect the certificate. He said that school too has collapsed. <laughs> you know, sometimes when, when we also ask you to show evidence, you see, you don't say you are a Christian. You live. You live Christianity. That's why we say that Christianity is not a religion. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle influenced by a relationship with God. I told the story of a, a village. A village where the king, by a decree, outlawed prostitution. 
So all the prostitutes became former prostitutes. And because they were former prostitutes, they used to, they used to still practice prostitution under the cover of darkness. I mean, a former armed robber still has... If a former armed robber will not even rob by arms, he will rob by, by pen knife. Yeah, yeah, a former armed robber is still... There are some things you... It's difficult to cure. It's very, very difficult to cure. But you see, in that same village, one of the prostitutes got married to the king. When that prostitute got married to the king, her title changed from former prostitute to queen. So the relationship with the king changed her identity. She became the queen. Now because the relationship changed her identity, now she even regretted she ever practiced, practiced prostitution. So she, was, she worked very hard to erase her past by living a very decent life. A very decent life as the new queen. Now people looked at her life and people said, oh, apparently there were, were conditions and circumstances that compelled her to become prostitute. Because looking at her life now, but you see, she was different from the former prostitutes because they did not have any relationship that changed their identity. But this particular woman had a new relationship with a king. She became a queen and therefore her identity was changed. And so she saw prostitution as something below her. So you see, when, when you were a former drunkard and you change your mind and you become a Christian, it doesn't change anything. Once in a while, when you go to parties and there's, there are drinks, then you drink. But if you get born again and Christ comes to live in you and you become a child of God, it's a new identity, a child of God. Any person that becomes born again, you are translated from being a creature of God into a child of God. And because you are a child of God, your new identity ensures that some things are below you. Pastor Tetio Fair is my son. By the fact that he has a relationship with me, he is compelled by that relationship to just be more than just a normal Christian. He needs to have a certain behavior. And I'm so proud of him because people speak about his humility, his respect for people, etc., etc. And I'm very, very, very proud of him. The reason that he has a relationship with me, and I decided that because he has a relationship with me, he would make sure he would have not disgrace me. I believe that he believes that stealing. Is below him because he's my son. I believe that he believes that cheating on his wife is below him because he's my son. So apart from the father he wants to make heaven, he also feels that his father has already built a brand 
And be, 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 before he became a man, the brand was already strong. And he is benefiting from the brand I built. And so therefore, if he cannot add the brand, he should not tarnish the brand. Do you understand? And that is how Christianity is. You have a relationship with God, you become a child of God. Alcohol is below you. Fornication is below you. Adultery is below you. Smoking cigarette is below you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you right now? Why are all of you staring at me like that? Are you, are you confused or you are following me? Are you sure you are following me? Hey. What a church. What a church. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be sure whether all of you are following you. Because, because the way you were staring, and everybody was, the way everybody is quiet, I'm, 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 I was getting worried. But you understand what I'm sharing with you right now. So my relationship with Christ has changed my identity. How will you guys, listen, Bishop the two of them has cheated on Lady Olivia. It's below me. I'm a child of God. It's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm a bishop. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. When I met mommy, I was a small boy pastor. I was still a virgin. Because fornication was below me. How can I, a child of God, lower myself? And you know, there are young ladies here, 18, 16, that unbelieving men are sleeping with them. And they speak in tongues. Yeah! Let's start prayer right now. You see them. Young, young, young girls. Young, young, small girls. Small, 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 small girls. They are here, fornicating here and there. They are old men. Still now look at my face. They are fornicating with those young girls. What a church. Am I preaching? I'm not preaching to Kujiki sermon. This one is water bear sermon. But I've always said to you that if you sit under me for six months and you have not heard a sermon that pricks your mind, then I'm backsliding. Leave the church. If your heart is not pricked by a sermon I'm preaching, then I'm backsliding. Then leave the church. Yeah. Okay? No, this 14 days fast, I, I wanted to try to preach sermons like, oh, you are breaking through. You are doing this. But all the sermons like, this week we are starting a revival. I'm going to tell you that let your dry bones live again. I can't help it. How to tell you that you need a revival in your prayer life? That is, that is what God has called me to teach. Your biological father was a channel God brought you to this world. I'm your spiritual father. I'm the channel God is taking you back to heaven. I can't do any other thing apart from preparing you to heaven. Preparing you for heaven. I cannot preach any other thing apart from the sermons that will take you to heaven. I want a crown. I want a crown in heaven. I was telling a group of young pastors recently. They were with me. I was standing in front of the lift. And then they came around me. And just before I entered the lift, I said, do you know that every man's work will be tested? 
Christians, we are going to be judged based on our work. And the Bible says that if your work is going to go through fire, if it is burnt, you will enter heaven as if you have gone through fire. I said, I'm scared of that. I have to understand that thing. How do you enter heaven as if you have gone through fire? It means you have a taste of hell. Some of you, you will come to heaven, eh? You will come to heaven with blisters. We say, brother, what happened? My work got burnt. I was an usher. I did not usher well. So my, 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 this thing got burnt. I was an usher who used to come to church without praying. I was an usher who was not talking to people. So you are coming to church. And I will hide them. I will do them, mm, whilst I'm ushering. I will do them like that. So even though I made heaven, I went through fire to get here. And all of us, our white garment, worshiping the Lord. Oh, the Anashi Shi. Anashi Shi. Uti Aumam Saswa. Uti Muse. Yashu Motuwe. Uti Limi Ashi Kakra. Hey! Can you imagine seeing me in heaven? And I went through the fire to get to heaven. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let your faces intimidate me from preaching the truth. I want to go to heaven properly. I want to get all the five crowns in heaven. Look at my five crowns. And we are going to worship the Lord with our crowns. So we'll cast down our crowns. Five crowns, I'm casting them down. I cast this one, then I cast this one, then I cast this one, then I cast this one. And then you are there, then we are casting crowns, and then you are putting your hand on your head like this. Oh, Erade. Now, me, me. You remember why you worship me? I'll be here with you. Okay, okay. So now Jesus said, Jesus said, therefore, by their fruit you will know them. Matthew 7 20. By their fruit you will know them. So when we talk about fruit, what are we talking about? When we talk about fruit, what are we talking about? For those of you who know me, who have been following me, I said there are three A's, A's that determine your appeal. Number one, your attitude. Number two, your appearance. Number three, your achievements. In this context, Jesus referring to fruits was talking about these three things. Your attitude, your character, your appearance, and your achievements. Three major fruits in every believer's basket. Three major fruits in every Christian's basket. Three major fruits. Three major fruits. Three major fruits. Three major fruits. And in fact, this is the one I'm teaching. Eh? If anybody, if any friend of yours came to church today, and you are not behaving well, the person will ask you, so your bishop has been teaching you these things and you still misbehave? But I'm not surprised. Do you know that Jesus said that a farmer went out to cast his net, to, ca- to scatter his seed. Some fell on rocky ground. So there are people here. This sermon will not bless you. Some fell by the roadside. Some fell among thorns. And only 25% of the seed he scattered fell on good soil. So this sermon is for only 25% of people who have gathered here. 75% of you will forget this by tomorrow morning. And you will not practice it. In fact, 75% of you are disagreeing with what I'm saying. You are looking at the theological, theological deficiency of the sermon. Oh, Jesus didn't mean that. He didn't say that. This is the worry man. Hey, 75% of you. There are only 25% of you. How many are in the 25%? How many are in the 25%? 
You see the choir, the choir, only by five people raise their hands. I'm looking at you. You think I'm joking? Yeah, yeah. So you see, most of you don't even hear the question I asked. The how many of you are in the 25? And only few people raise their hands. Because only 25% are listening to what I'm preaching. Yeah. When I was a young pastor, when I used to hear that some of my church members were misbehaving, I used to cry in my room. One day the Lord said to me, Don't cry over them. Preach. Only 25% will hear you. If you manage to bring 25% of your congregation to heaven, you are qualified. You have done well. I'm not going to waste my time on people with stony hearts. I'm not going to waste my time on people with uh, wayside attitude. I'm not. I'm not at all. Because they are good soil. I need to take my time and work on the good soil to develop it for them to grow. So if you see a church leader, somebody who I have ordained in the church, misbehaving, smoking, drinking, fornicating, committing adultery, don't say, oh, daddy, daddy, you did not ordain them well. You, the Lord did not lead you. No, no. Only 25% of my leaders will hear what I teach. Only 25% of my pastors will hear what I teach. I'm telling you, and Jesus, Jesus taught us this. Didn't you see? Even Jesus had less than 25%. One time he did a crusade, 5,000 men were there. But on the day of Pentecost, only 120 people were waiting. Where were the rest? So hear me. Attitude, appearance, achievement. And I'll try to summarize it here and conclude with a picture. And then we can leave. For 5 p.m. we have service. Vero? Only 25%. And you must be in that 25%. And I know you are there. Okay? And the Lord will honor you. Be in the 25%. Joshua, be in the 25%. Okay? Be, do everything to be in the 25%. Ben, do you hear me? Do everything. Be in the 25%. Pato, uh, Mr. Pata, Michael Pata, do you hear me? But I listen, do you hear me? That to be in the 25%. And the evidence of 25, you see all this crowd here. You tomorrow, tomorrow the fasting prayer, prayer meeting, you see the number that will come. Only few of us, 100 and something. Only 100 and something will be here. Because you are not part of the 25. You are not part of the 25. How can you be part of the 25? How, how? In what way can you be part of the 25? When we are having fasting and you can't come. And you won't tell me why you can't come. But if I bring a prophet here, you will show up. Yeah, I'm telling you. But some said that you don't know us, eh? the kind of work we do. Please, if the American ambassador comes here and sets up a table here and says that you should come for visa, you should come for a 30 day fasting and prayer and pray for America, and after that, you'll be given a visa. You'll be here. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. You're offended, but I'm all right. But I'm all right. I'll tell. Okay, so. Attitude. Listen, nobody can be a Christian without character transformation. The first evidence of but that you are born again, the Bible. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Character transformation. You cannot be a Christian and remain the same. Let me tell you this. Sometimes, eh, sometimes, why you call Christianity is a change. It's just a change of where you spend your Sunday morning. Yeah, 
Like formerly, Sunday morning like this, you'll be praying God for your friends and you'll be drinking on much, you'll be eating on much and drinking. Today you are here, so you think you're a Christian. Oh, I've become a Christian. Oh, I've now, now, let me tell you something. Even the term Christianity is alien to Christ. When we go to heaven, there, there will not be any Christian there. Jesus never used the term Christian. He used the term disciple. Disciple. He used the term disciple. So I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, we won't fight you. You are a Christian. We will not fight you, but are you a disciple? The first evidence is character transformation and reformation. You cannot be a Christian today and remain the same the next day. Something will change. It's a supernatural transformation. Something will change. Something will definitely change. You don't know me, eh? Ask them. Ask them. You don't, and you're a church leader. You speak in tongues five hours a day. You pray even more than your pastor. And you don't know me, eh? You don't know me, eh? <laughs> you can be in church without being in Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many people are in church. They are not in Christ. You remember the sermon I taught? The seven characteristics of those who are in church but not in Christ. The first one is that they are pretenders. And there are a lot of pretenders here. Oh, daddy, oh, daddy, oh, daddy, oh, daddy. My daddy, my daddy. Your beloved singing. Oh. Oh. Lots of pretenders here. This morning, they beat their wife before they came. Some of them, some of them, some of the ladies in the choir actually left their boyfriend's houses to come here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, some of the ushers actually committed fornication. Yeah, there's somebody here who yesterday wrote a 419 message to try to do somebody. The person is here singing with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White beaters are sitting here. Gossipers are amongst us. But they are pretending they are fine. They, they have no fear of God. Their conscience are dead. And they are here. There will be people who gossip about me yesterday. They are still here. But even with me, there is a less, it's a less crime. It's a less crime. But the Lord himself, the Lord himself, you are breaking his rules. You are breaking everything he's telling you. And you are here. But I, when we close church, eh, we'll all call you as that this brother, this. We will honor you. We will, because, listen, we know in parts, we prophesy in parts. Okay? Can I move on now? So there's an evidence of attitudinal change. Character transformation. We see Christ in you. Serious Christ in you. The next one is appearance. So let me tell a story of her. One of the young ladies in church came to visit me. I didn't like the way she appeared. Very bad. I was wondering if the parents saw her coming. But as I said to myself, nowadays, when they are 18, they say we are matured. We are big. We are matured. But when they want school fees, they come to us. <laughs> they live in a house. They breathe, they breathe the air in our house. Drink the water in our house. And yet they say, we are 18. We are 18. Allow us to dress the way we want. Here. So this young lady came to my office. I wanted to comment on, on, on her clothes, but I didn't want her to leave me and go and say, hey, Daddy is sitting down there and you even want to teach me how to dress. Who wants to teach me? So I said, My dear, you know, I am writing a movie, a script. 
This one is not Gallywood. It's not, it's not Nollywood. This is Pleasantwood. And I want you to help me do the casting. What do you think the person we are going to use as a lawyer, how should the person dress? So you must be in black suit and very well dressed and very... What about the one going to be a doctor? Oh, doctors must be like this. I said, should we, should we get somebody with a tattoo? He said, no, doctors, no, 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 tattoo is not good. I said, okay, fine. What about somebody who has not combed their hair? So no, not for a doctor. So, okay, what about, what about somebody we are casting as a banker? Oh, bankers, this is the way they dress. This is how they do. This is the way they get. And then we came and said, okay, there's going to be an armed robber in the existing. How the armed robber dress? So the person should be unkempt hair, a bit raster, the person should wear jeans that they have cut. You know? And the person should be walking like this. Yeah. Yeah. And the person should have some plenty rings. Have some tattoos. So he nicely described the arm robber. And the person should have a dark mouth. Because the person, there should be evidence of weed smoking. Dark mouth. Thick lips. Dark mouth. And the person's fingers should be darkened by the smoke. Oh, he was describing the armed robber. I said, okay, good. I said, you should be the director of the movie. I said, we also have a prostitute in the cast. How should the prostitute dress? They started talking about short skirt. Um, open the, and then she, by the time she got open here, she started saying, daddy, daddy, daddy. I said, I didn't tell you you are dressed like a prostitute. You yourself. You yourself, you know. You see? Listen, let me tell you something. What a church. Okay, okay, so let me conclude by telling you this, you see. There are some things that are not biblical, but they are Christian. So you can, you, sometimes you say, show me where it is, it is written in the Bible that I can't wear miniskirt. Show me. They are not biblical, but they are Christian. You see, we have our culture. We have the way we dress. We have the way we talk. The Bible commands us to dress modestly. Can I tell you something? Do you know people who go into the world deeply, when they are going to get married, they want to come into the church. Because they know here. But the church people want to go into the world. You give young people a chance to sing. Then they come here, they say, hey, hey, praise the Lord. We want to sing to you some song. We are standing on my puppy doing this. It won't happen here. Okay. So you must have an appearance that shows that you are a Christian and that the transformation that's taking place in the inside of you is showing on the outside. Anything that happens inside, the physical evidence of it is the outside appearance. Okay, now, achievement. You must have records. So these are the fruits I'm talking about. You must have records of doing something for the kingdom of God. It's a fruit. Records. Records of doing something. And then records of doing something for yourself. You're, you see, you see your, your boss should be able to say that, Charlie, since I employed you as a Christian, you have shown that you were a Christian. The work here has gone up. You are indeed a son of Titi Ofer. But you, they employ you, you go, somebody sees, oh, Tito face your father, and the person employs you or marries you. Then the person says, oh, look at you. I thought the way Tito Ofe talks about work ethics and all those things, I thought I would see in your life. Look at you, I'm disappointed. You are not an ambassador enough of the kingdom. 
High productivity is a Christian character. High productivity, both for the kingdom and where you work. I mean, when you come to me and bring a CV and you say you're a Christian, I, I will trust you. I will trust you. Because there must be evidence of hard work. Evidence of achievement. Your, tra- your trophies, you must have trophies in your hands. You think that 20 years, 23 years of being on the sprinter's road, you've had nothing to show. Like I'll be here. The evidence of big achievements. Go to a craft business school, see what you are doing there. See what the Lord is using me to do. Because that's how we are Christians. No, no born again spiritual Christian can be lazy. You can be lazy. When I was a student like some of these TCI students who are here, I was born again. And to me, it was a sin not to study. Because God has expectation of me. God has expectation of me. God does. A Christian who is working in an office telling, acting zeros, and you come to church, you come and pray like you are an angel. God punish the devil. I say God does what? Who is the devil here now? Now, these three attitude, appearance, and achievement must have three major focus. Number one, whatever your attitude is, whatever your appearance is, whatever your achievements are, it must exalt Christ Jesus. It must exalt Christ Jesus. Because you see, anything you do outside Christ are called good works. So you might not be a, a Christian, but your attitude is good, your appearance is good, your achievement is good, but they are good works. They are filthy rust before God. But when you do these things in Christ, they are righteousness. Your fruit must exalt Christ. It must edify the saved. People in church must look at your attitude and want to serve God more. And then it must evangelize the lost. Unbelievers must look at your life and say, I want to go to church with you. They must see your fruit and say, I want to go to church with you. Your life is so loud in your office that they can't hear what you are saying. The best, most important sermon you can ever preach is your testimony. So when I say, let's go for evangelism, you say, I can't, I can't preach. It's because you don't have a testimony. The most evangelistic testimony is not how many houses you have built. It is the life-transforming experience you have had with Christ. Amen. Now, let me show you why Christians don't bear fruit. Then I'll close. I'll be dedicating Andy's child. Are, are we doing more than one dedication? Two. Andy and who? Susan. Sosa. Zusa. Okay, so... So I'll be doing those two dedications. Let me conclude. No. So there are two types of branch, branches. The branch that does not bear fruit and the branch that does bear fruit. So let's look at the branch. So next week, I'll show you the branch that bears fruit. Now let's look at the branch that does not bear fruit. Then I'll say that. You see? Now Jesus in his teaching says that if you are broken off the tree, he, if you don't have a connection with him, if you don't remain in him, you don't bear fruit. So let me show you the thing that breaks you away from Christ. The things that breaks you away from Christ. The first thing I want to talk about is carnality. Carnality. You see, your mind is either focused on things in heaven or your mind is focused on things on earth. 
when your mind is focused on things on earth, you pursue everything at the expense of your soul. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So you can see you are trying to gain the whole world and you are losing your soul. That is why a born again Christian like you, you can let a man sleep with you for 500, for 1,000 cities, for 10,000, for even 100,000. It is not bigger than your soul. What shall it profit a man? But I don't sleep here. I'm teaching something very good, so don't sleep. Young lady, don't also sleep and sit down well and hear what I'm teaching. You must bear fruit. Okay? What shall it profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? The whole world means that your soul is more valuable than all the money in the American Central Bank. Now, I can't talk about your, your, your economy because you are going to IMF. Individual bondholders are here. I don't want to offend. I don't want to offend any individual bond. If I say that your soul is more valuable than all the individual bondholders, they are destined put together. They will come after me. So let me choose America. Or let me choose the Nigerian Central Bank. A lot of money in Nigeria. A lot of money in Nigeria. Okay. Now your soul, all the money in the world, if they put all together, your soul is more valuable. Because see, everything else will be destroyed. All the money will be destroyed. It is only your soul that will live on. When you die, your soul lives on. And your soul goes to wait in one or two places. Either in hell, waiting for the judgment day, or in, or in paradise, also waiting for the judgment day. So when you become a Christian, your focus should be on the things in heaven. You see the sinner's prayer, eh? I pray it almost every day. Lord, you're coming to my heart. Hey, so that you drive me inside. I say, so if the Lord appears right now, if the Lord appears right now, and you got the catch to me around four, I love to go out around four when the sun is down and the, the distance is setting, the sun is setting. I love that distance. So I try to drive around. So I tell mommy, let's go for a ride. Whilst I'm driving, I look into the sky. I say, so if Christ appears right now, will I make heaven? I say, let me be 100% sure. I say, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. There has never been a day that does not care to me that Christ can come. Because my mind is on the things above. That's why I don't preach to deceive you. That's why I don't tell you that tomorrow by this time, you'll be a millionaire. That's why I don't tell you that. I know that's why you want to hear. I know that's why you want to hear. Tomorrow by this time, God will make a way. You have been singing that song. And you feel disappointed God has not made a way. When I come to teach on Jesus the way, I will show you how God makes me. It doesn't come through songs. Tomorrow by this time, God will make a way. You see, listen, in Jesus' vocabularies, anytime Jesus used the term life, he was not talking about today's life. He was talking about the life after death. So I'll give you everlasting life. I'll give you eternal life. I will give you days. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of things a man has. Jesus' focus was not on anything you're going to do here on earth. He did not die for you to buy cars. He died for you so that you can make heaven. Okay, so you can make heaven. It's as simple as that. And if I'm the pastor preaching that to you, you should, I should be the pastor who is more anointed than the one telling you, I saw your mother. So that's why they are prophesying. I mean, I believe in prophecy. This week I'll be prophesying. But if all I see is your mother as a witch, your uncle stealing something from you, and your womb is somewhere there, if that's the only thing I see, then there's trouble. 
Okay. And then work. Sometimes your work can take you away from God. And you have to be very, very careful. And you know when I'm preaching like this, don't also preach someone. Don't even talk to anybody. Don't move. Don't go anywhere. You see, your work, the kind of work you do. Why did you not do the fast? My work, oh. Why did you not do the devotion? My work, oh. When everything is focused around your work, if your work stands between you and God, one day he will take the work from you. He will tell you, come home and serve me. I remember when I started training, started doing training. I had a, I had, I was, I didn't even have an office. I was a young trainer. The one guy who was in our church got Ghana Guinness, Guinness Ghana, to offer me a contract to train their staff. It was a good contract, good money. I was in an uncompleted building. I said, no, I can't do it. No, why? I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't believe in alcohol, so I can't teach them how to become effective leaders to sell alcohol. I cannot do it. A politician offered me a 10 million Ghana cities contract to influence a certain thing for him. I didn't take it. My salvation is better. When I came back home, I was telling my children, my child, Nana, he needs to be born again and born again again. Nana said, so daddy, you left the money? I said, yes, Nana, because I don't glorify God. Oh, daddy, daddy, God will understand. <laughs> he will start preaching after Bible school. <laughs> Nana will have to go to Bible school before he preaches. So see the impact of your work on your Christian life. The problems. How do you view problems? How do you view problems? When mommy and I were not getting money to eat, we did not look at it as Satan attacking our finances. We saw it as God testing our faith. When you have that kind of mindset, you deal your problem differently. And then family. Oh, I'm not able to come to church because of my children. My husband will not understand. My husband will not permit me. We come to church two weeks after the birth of our children. We are in church working. Now, success. Sometimes we substitute success for spirituality. We think that because God has blessed us, he approves of everything we are doing. Evangelism, that I will give money, but I will not come. No. Keep your money and come. Or come together with your money. That is better. TV and social media is breaking you. It's breaking you from, from the branch, the true vine. It's disconnecting you. Friends. Friends that speak ill of, of your church, speak ill of your pastor, speak ill of your faith. Friends that promote you and say, oh, so, so, show me. Where is it written in the Bible that don't drink alcohol? You think I have that time to show you? I'm not going to the Bible looking for where they don't drink alcohol. I'm looking for Bible. I'm going to the Bible how I can make heaven. How can I make heaven? How can I make heaven? I'm not going to the Bible to show you whether to drink alcohol or not. That is none of my business. Show me the Bible where we should pay tight. Nonsense. I come from a family. I come from a family. Anytime something happens in the family and they need help, I contribute. This is your spiritual family. 
You must make financial contribution to this place. Amen. Giving. Giving to marry in this church. Your wedding was done here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Give to you. married here. Your wedding was done here. You married here. Your wedding was done here. Gloria, you married here. Your wedding was done here. I'm looking for all those who married here. Whose money should we use to put all these things together for you to come and marry here? You found friends here. You find your husband here. Maybe Judaism. <laughs> I gave Brother Judah the choir to take care of it, and he married the choir leader, the choir leader. You find your husband here, isn't it? You find your husband here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you brought your, your guy here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, I don't have to advertise your relationship. Maybe, so that if the man changes his mind, you can get someone else. I, 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 you guys, do you understand me? The essence of church, the importance of church, what church offers you, no financial contribution is too much. Do you understand? No ben, you found your wife here. Isn't it? You found your wife here. Your wedding was done here. You, you found your wife here. Your wife, even though I think you knew her before she came to church. Isn't it? But look at the way we are built here for you. And look at the way we are building you yourself. One time, Benson told me that my church is the first church he has attended for one year without breaking. And I'm a boy. This is a good church, isn't it? So when you make financial contribution, I even think that 10% is too small. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, I, 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 I honestly, what this church offers, the education, all your children grew up here. All your children, and all of them have become very good Christians. And they are, two are finished university, one is going. And look at their behavior, look at their character. I'm too happy that this church has offered this. Should any financial contribution here become a problem for you? contribution I'm too happy that you came to this church and the way you have raised your two sons, the way you have imparted them. You one of your sons came to do an attachment with me for some few months, and you saw the impact. You saw the impact. I'm too happy. I'm too glad that you came to this church. I'm too. Auntie Becky, the church started in your house. Look at your children. Two of them are working with us. Is the church a blessing to you? Yes. So, so, so what are you guys talking about? You came here as a boy. Now look at you. <laughs> now how many daughters do you have? Three. <laughs> Sometimes we must tell you these things. Let you know the impact. You, you, you have a fellowship that says about 20,000 people. This is my son. An evangelist has a fellowship. Your 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 chapel is how many people? Ten thousand sita. Your, your the, the temple you are built is how many sita? Come in. Twelve thousand sita. Do you know why he's still here inside the church? Eventually, I'll start him for him to start the church. But the reason why he's inside the church is Daddy, I have to sit under you. The wife will call me and say, Daddy, don't let my husband go anywhere. You should run a fellowship and sit under you. You have been with him for how many years? 10 years, uh, 17 years sitting under me. I should tell him that when you're in your oh, daddy, me the business now, me business now, me business today. When he does his all night, 30,000 people, 
Me, I'm pastoring 700 people. Fifty thousand people can attend this this thing. You used to be my youth, you you'd be my youth executive when I was a youth pastor. Today, look at you. So, is any financial contribution here a burden for you? Show me, show me where the Bible says we should pay tithe. And yet, you are drinking beer like something. Before you got born again, every weekend you were in a disco. How much were you spending entering that disco? You are buying car for a woman who eventually not marry you. I'm telling you, some girls here are buying watches, expensive watches for guys who are cheating on them. And you are, I'm telling you. And you guys, today, your offering is five cities. After all this sermon, after all this sermon, after all this sermon, on your anniversary, instead of thanking the Lord, on your birthday, instead of thanking the Lord, you rather gather people to go and drink alcohol. Friends who want to poison you. Friends, money, you love money more than your salvation and sin. This thing will break you away from the Lord. Watch this thing. Thank you for joining me today. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord honor you. The Lord lift you. May the word of the Lord have impact on your life. May the word of the Lord change your life. May the word of the Lord transform you in Jesus' name. Amen.